Welcome to the Body Track Academy podcast created by EPs for EPs. The podcast will take you on an in-depth understanding of everything an EP is faced with on a day-to-day basis, including clinical, personal and business practices to ensure you become the best practitioner possible. If you enjoy the podcast, make sure you like, share, follow us on whatever streaming service you use to ensure the message spreads and you are notified of any new podcasts or educational resources available to you. Furthermore, if you're not already part of our online academy, head over to Facebook and join the Body Track Academy. Happy listening. Hello, associates, and welcome back to another episode of the Body Track Academy podcast series. Uh, today, we are very fortunate to have Jackie with us. Hello, Jackie. How are you going? Good, thanks, Dan. Jackie, just wanted to, I think some listeners know already, but just a little bit of a recap um, about you here at Body Track. What are your interests? Um, how long have you been working here as well? Yeah, of course. So I've been at Body Track for now two years. Um, really opened my eyes to a whole range of conditions, but I suppose over the last year and a half, I really wanted to delve more into the neurological space, especially in the pediatrics space as well, um, with kids with autism, with ADHD, um, and learning disabilities and things like that. Um, that's really sparked my interest and a bit more passion to help people in this population. Wonderful. And that's what we'll be talking about today is a bit of a specific case study um, on a client that has autism um, that you've been seeing recently as well. But before we get into that, I thought we'd also just touch base on outside of Xphys and body track. Um, very keen triathlete, I hear. Yes, yes. Developing. De- developing. <laughs> yeah, developing right. Okay. Uh, now, what was your latest triathlon that you did? I just completed the Malulba Triathlon this Fantastic. past Sunday. Yeah. Wonderful. How did you go? Well, yeah. considering the, the conditions, it was Always sunny, hot. hot. <laughs> oh, Malulba is known for the humidity. Yeah. So it did not fail Excellent. to keep up that name. <laughs> Fantastic. Jackie's always quite modest in her uh, approach of how she completes a triathlon. She absolutely smashed it and we're all very proud of her. But anyway, we'll move on uh, to talk about the case study we have today. So from today, listeners, you should be getting a really good understanding of some great theoretical and practical tips with this kind of clientele. Um, And again, what we say is how we've approached it doesn't mean it's always 100%. Uh, We would love to hear your feedback about any other tips and tricks that we could do to help in this this scenario. But hopefully you get a lot out of this in a practical sense. So Jackie, let's start with um, this uh, gentleman, was it? Is that right? Yes, yeah. that's correct. Yep. Uh, and he's a client who um, came with, uh, he's got autism, um, booked in to see you. How did that relationship first start? How did he actually get, uh, get referred to us or how did he start with yourself? Yeah, so he, his mum actually is a client here at, body track and was seeing one of my colleagues here and she opened up that her son was in school and he's quite active um, and just needing a little bit more support in areas for exercise and she was finding it difficult to manage on her own um, going through her own health treatments and that sort of avenue so the idea and the approach of going well actually an exercise physiologist can help with a child with ASD, um, opened up this mum's eyes and went, oh, okay, and gave it a go. And he came in for an initial assessment and Mm. sat down and um, we then 
are here now, I suppose, yeah. is the fantastic. The I think it's good, important to know there too, as a bit of a side um, uh, knowledge tip here is the power of, I guess, your um, your practice, your sorry, your practical skills and your approach to any of your clients, um, other services that EPs can provide um, is always something to be mindful of. So if you're giving great service to your existing clients, they do probably have family members or friends that have many other conditions that an EP can treat. And that's exactly how this relationship started. So um, fantastic in terms of the referral pathway there from fellow uh, colleague. Now let's go into the initial assessment itself. So talk us through everything that you kind of felt through that initial assessment too, Jackie, and um, we'll get into how they were, I guess, presenting as well, because I saw the initial and I thought it was quite challenging uh, for one, and I was considering what would I do in those situations. Um, but yes, let's give the listeners an, an understanding and in-depth um, uh, idea about how you handle that initial assessment. Um, subjective analysis, objective analysis, um, whether they were actually valid in this situation. So yeah, talk us through talk us through how you approach that initial assessment. Yeah, so with that being said, when this client came in, um, I had a general outline that I wanted to get through and that quickly changed. And I think that's a big area to understand when working in this field that you may have a plan, but there's always going to be a plan B because... Um, when he came into the clinic, he was very much overstimulated and trying to actually go into a consult room and sit down and chat was not Just a viable no option. no go. No way. <laughs> That's no. what I was thinking. Absolutely I saw not. It. Yeah. Mm. Um, so what it ended up being, luckily the clinic space was actually quite quiet. So he and his mum came into the the gym and then he was really just running around to mm. start with. And I actually just let him run around for a little bit, get a feel, feeling of what is this place, familiarize himself with some equipment. With that being said, the biggest thing though was, and the biggest step I did take was safety first and foremost. Of so, course, yeah. Um, this client, before coming in, I realized he was eight years old, um, possibly one with, again, he has ASD and ADHD, so sort of in my head already, I thought, okay, maybe he'll want to try and mm. figure out what everything is in the room. So yeah. I actually did barricade and make sure things on the cables were not easily accessible. Yes, yeah. Put um, like some boxes in front of all of the weights that were really heavy so that he wouldn't go near those as well, um, mainly for his safety. So yeah. out of curiosity, yes, that's something that he would have wanted to be able to grab, but by establishing that those are off limits right from the initial assessment gives him a better understanding of, okay, my practitioner has now said this is not off limits, so I can't touch those when I come back in. Yeah, fantastic. I think that's a really good tip actually and, and really good preparation um, in these scenarios. So if you're out, out there as an EP and you're faced with the first time um, client with has AS, uh, ASD, ADHD, that's a, that's a really good tip, Jackie, that you've just provided. Simple, but it's creating safety, but it's also giving the um, illusion of what is in, what is, what boundaries exist. Yeah, fantastic. Um, okay, so after the running around and everything, uh, how did we get into, I guess, your kind of conventional assessment, if that even existed? Was that part of um, the, the assessment that you did or what other steps did you take through that assessment? Yeah, so in a way, the assessments aren't your traditional 
okay, come over here, do your five sit to stands, let me assess your squat. Yeah. Or mm. let's throw um, this, or let's do this grip strength and squeeze mm. as hard as you can. Sometimes those aren't viable options um, just because the client might see that as a pointless task. So if they don't see the importance of it, they won't do it themselves. Um, what I actually did was I incorporated those sort of tests into a play-based movement. So as this client was running around, um, I performed a couple of assessments, like as in, sorry, I did a couple of movements where I was sitting down on a bench and then standing up and jumping. And I said, hey, let's head over here, try and do this one with me mm -hmm. and make it a little bit more fun. So as we were doing that activity, I was giving him some high fives, getting some different stimulus involved with different textures of things like a trigger ball. So while he's holding that, you can do some movements there. Um, trying to assess his movements in a fun way. Yeah. The best way to do it. And mm. thinking about it from a practical stance. Um, when he's coming in and his mum's approach of what these sessions were, she wasn't too aware of what it was. But from an NDIS point of view, it's not all about the qualitative... Um, Sorry, quantitative, quantitative, yep, <laughs> quantitative no. numbers yep. um, and values, but mm. it's about how they're participating in sport at school and moving forwards mm. um, throughout their life. So preventing the um, likelihood of physical inactivity. Yeah, that's right. I think, and you've summed it up really well. Um, I think going back and recapping on that, it's gamifying a lot of things, isn't it? Yes. Finding out what their interest is. And you can take what you do in a conventional assessment about all the subjective um, intake and the listening that you do for any client, it's the same approach. You just have to adapt it to what it means to that individual who is eight years old, loves high energy and loves running around, what's important to them. Um, and I've seen this in other clients that you have, Jackie, that have similar conditions, who are young. They have, the, um, they have an interest in some of the games I've never heard of yes. <laughs> and cartoons and things, and you support that and create the session uh, according to that. And that's exactly what I saw in, in that assessment as well. Um, just shaping it to having them be as interested as possible. Um, and I think that's yeah a really good tip taking forward. Get that intake first about what they like, what they enjoy. Then you can do your subtle movement assessments really if you feel that's uh, necessary by doing it in a fun environment like you did. Um, and I think that's important from an NDIS perspective too, because it is about depending on on what um, level of cover they're on. But it's it's either capacity building or, as you were saying, their participation in physical activity. That is the goal: is trying to increase their physical activity participation, uh, and through school sport, etc. As well. So, yeah, I think that was a good uh, understanding and not thinking. Okay, I have to th get through A, B, C, D on on my assessment because that's what it's like. It's really tailoring it to that person. Um, in, a, in a bit of a different way that probably I'm definitely unused to um, in, in terms of, of how I would run an assessment. Uh, okay, so I think what were the kind of outcomes that you found from the assessment in, in how you did it? Um, and I guess how was that communication to his parent as well, his mother? Um, was there anything that you had to discuss around sessions going forward from that? Um, and this is, might be where as well, was if there was any other allied health that came into the, the equation as well, the picture as well, Jackie. Yeah, definitely. So after chatting to his mum, 
I just got, got an overview of who his allied health team was. And in the equation, there was an occup occupational therapist right. that yep. he was seeing once a month. Uh, sorry, apologies. Once a week. Mm -hmm. And then they, his mum said he was, she was trying to integrate some movements at home. But again, with her health treatment mm. um she mm. was at high stress she's got another son as well um and it just made the equation really difficult to try and have consistency throughout the week where this client could have um that exposure over yeah, and over um sure. so yeah. what i did from there is i asked his mom you know what are his interests like we ch chatted about already yep. um because i forgot to mention um he this little boy as well he um is has difficulty with verbal communication so that makes the assessment a bit more challenging as well so mm -hmm. saying things like hey come on over here and let's throw a ball wasn't gonna happen no so there was no yes <laughs> yeah. no there was a, a, yeah. again a runaround yeah. um so that was another avenue of where i thought let me reach out to the ot let's see what um they're doing in their treatment what is their plan of action i want to try and mimic that as best as I can with the strategies she's already impl implemented. That way the client's getting the best approach and not getting confused with multiple avenues. Um, so the biggest thing that the OT told me was um, this client absolutely loves trucks, absolutely right. loves mm -hmm. bouncing a ball. Um, and that's sort of a, um, I suppose, a movement break in right. when you are having those moments of trying to do repetitive tasks um, mm -hmm. and really allowing children to have those movement breaks is important and dismissing them really quickly can lead to again lack of motivation in uh, like uninterest to come back and not finding that they are enjoying it so the biggest mm, thing is yep. you want them to enjoy what they're doing and find that they want to come back because of course that's where you're going to get the best um, rapport building to then allow that positive relationship for exercise to come into place. Wonderful. Yeah, yeah I think that's, again, something that uh, a good takeaway from that is if you are a sole practitioner um, and maybe not in a, in a team like we have here at BodyTrack, um, but even, even in this situation, you're not alone because there are other allied, other allied health um, that Jackie could reach out to and discuss an appropriate plan. So it's still, like we do with other clients, a holistic approach towards uh, a quality healthcare, um, but getting very in-depth about what the likes and dislikes and the enjoyment factors are for this participant um, to make sure that it is synonymous with what Jackie was doing to what the OT was doing as well. Now, in some situations, they might not have that support from another allied health member, but that is also where again, you're not alone. You can reach out into uh, perhaps other allied health that uh, you have connections with, with an OT or even with physio, if that's the case, and ask just being, hey, this is the situation I've got, struggling a little bit, not sure which way to go. There's a handy um, collaboration that you can do with existing allied health. Um, so don't think you have to do it all on your own, I think is the, a key message there. Um, and it's preparation that takes that you have to take to then get um, enjoy to make sure that the, the client is enjoying, particularly with the conditions that um, that they had. Okay, so where are we at sort of now, Jackie, with the client? So you've had the initial. Um, they had come in a couple of times. Is that right? To yep. So and sorry, are they 
still they st they can't come weekly, but they can still um, come every now and then to see you, or are they coming in in weekly at the moment? Yeah. So at the moment, he is now coming in weekly. Okay. Yes. Right. Yep. Um, and so that first bit where you're talking about movement breaks, what did that look like in terms of how you encourage that or you prescribe that? Um, yeah, and, and how you encourage that to to uh, be, a, be a key thing with um, educating on that with him, but also his parents as well or his mother. Yeah. Yeah. So it's a little bit of trying to establish what that looks like before the first session with the parents involved as well. Um, I quickly found that his his mum came into the session um, and was sitting at the front desk and quickly realised she was distracting. She was a bit of a distraction there because he associated her as the one giving him instructions and, uh, and yeah. being the, again, the parent yeah, in his life. So yeah. trying to shift that, um, we quickly went, I think, let's see how we go with a session where his mum has left now mm. and we try and have it just be myself and the client. Um, that can work for some clients and some not so much. So it is a bit of a, a trial. Some kids will respond really well to that. Some might take some time and you might need to ease that into the equation. Um, but that's something where once you're putting that into practice, using your best clinical judgment and chatting with the parents on what they think will be best for their child, um, I then delved into some of those strategies that the OT recommended. So like I mentioned, already picked up some hobbies that she integrated into her practice. Um, but the biggest thing as well is finding for children that are nonverbal, the best verbal and the best instruction strategy or communication strategy that works for them. So for some kids, um, it could be a whiteboard with tasks mm, written out yep. and they want to check that off the list that can be a nice reward for them. Others may need photo stimulation uh, to know what is in place. So for this client specifically, the OT said um, either has worked. So she's done both. Okay. Yep. Try to stick with one and see how that goes. Consistency, yeah. Yeah. Mm. So at the moment, I'm doing a whiteboard, writing out the activity, but I'm writing out two and then giving the client a choice. So that was something else that the OT really emphasized was allowed them to have some autonomy in the in the gym as Fantastic, well. Fantastic, yeah. Um, so yep. it's not just all, this is what you're doing. Yeah. I'm the one giving the instructions. It's more collaborative and they feel like they're making the decisions. I think that's an important thing to note too is not that all parents would be uh, making the instructions and do it, but there's a fair amount uh, that would be associated with mum tells me to do this, I have to do this, and there's boundaries and it's, it's yes or no. I think that's a really good thing to... You, you've created an environment for him to really thrive in by going, hey, I've got two choices here. And that's setting them up, not only for participation, physical activity, but also life. They're, they're going to be growing up and do these life choices. And even from simple little things like that, it can then allow them to experience what it's like to make a choice between two things. Um, and know the consequences of that too, as well. Missed out on one activity because he did the other. Uh, those, those things exist. Okay, great. Um, what about some improvements that you've noted? So first and foremost, is there anything, I'm, I'm always thinking of objective improvements. Mm -hmm. Is there such a thing that you feel can exist in, in this case? Um, or is it mostly subjective improvements that you're noticing? It's definitely both. I believe that 
you'll probably find the subjective improvements right from the get-go. Again, seeing rapport building, seeing that familiar space, they will be more um, enthusiastic coming into sessions, more engaged. But then from the objective point of view, you can start to look at, again, those movement assessments you did from the beginning. So sneaky little balance challenges here and there. Sure, yeah. Um, things like even crossing the midline a little bit more with doing like high fives. Yep. That's really good at spatial awareness um, and proprioception and that sort of thing. Yeah, great, great tool. Um, the other one as well would be those movement breaks. So you can qu- um, quantify how many movement breaks are they taking in a session. Yeah, right. Yeah. Is that, that can be a good indication of how much they're engaging in that session or... Okay. Um, yeah, how yeah. well they're keeping that focus on a specific task. Mm-hmm. So for this client in particular, like with um, ASD and with ADHD, those movement breaks, I really try and make them a specific duration. So he really, really loves the recumbent bike and the armor go. Um, he likes to call the armor go the washing machine. Yeah. So <laughs> it does make that, that fun sound. But trying to say, all right, we are going to go out for about 30 seconds as fast as you can, and then that's our movement break. Um, really trying to put your authority in there to say, this is our movement break. Let's try and go back to that task, but we can come back to this. So yeah. giving that mm-hmm. reassurance of if this is something you want to do, we're now taking turns. So taking that um, that social skill of being able to make a compromise with someone or and yeah. understand yep. what's going on in that session. Yep, yeah. for sure. And I guess as well, in this environment and situation, again, it's not ask your client, hey, how, how do you feel you're going? Are you improving? They're not probably really going to understand or be able to, to give that feedback. So was there a bit of collaboration? Well, I assume there would have been with the OT about since seeing you, uh, have they noticed anything on their end that's different? Um, and as well with the mother as well, is there a bit of discussion around that? Are they noticing anything, any changes? And if so, what changes? Yeah, so um, the biggest thing I'm actually due to talk to the OT soon, so that will be really exciting mm. to hear what she's seeing and, and what changes are there. Yeah, I should I should point out too, sorry, that you're, you're in the quite early phases of seeing this client too, aren't you? Yeah, so it's only been a couple it's of months? It's been one month, so yeah, the okay. initial so we're in assessment the, and three yeah. sessions. Yeah, there you go. So yeah. we're in the very early phases, but as you can see, Jackie's already planning ahead to find some, I guess, milestones or touch points with allied health and with um, uh, the parent as well to assess the intervention and its effectiveness. So, yeah. Sorry, Jackie, go on. Um, yeah, so the biggest thing I, I suppose would be, yes, we're due for, I'm due for a check-in with the OT. Um, and then the mum's actually said that this client has now is now really excited in using this as a uh, an outlet that is his own space. So right, his, yeah. his brother... Mm. Um, has sports on his on his own and things like yeah, that that he does. Right. Yeah. Now this client feels this is his special outlet that mm. he gets to enjoy and do by himself. So yeah. that's the biggest step that she's seen in the, the first month um, is that enjoyment and wanting to come. Yeah, yeah, that's fantastic. And that's a massive win for that situation. Um, and again, it's very different to, I guess, your other clients that you go, okay, you went from 
this many sit-to stands to this, improving your functional capacity. It, it doesn't work this way in this environment, in this, in this client, but to have them feel like that it's a break and that it's a different and safe environment, that is your win. That is a massive win there. Um, we'll, we'll finish up there. Is there any main take-home tips that you can provide for our listeners, Jackie, before we, before we conclude today? Yeah, I would say if you're working in the pediatrics um, field with children with ASD or ADHD, be prepared and then be prepared again with another, <laughs> another plan. Yep. Um, and chatting to Allied Health is going to be the biggest thing. Um, trying to find that consistency and familiarity with strategies and tactics that work both um, behavioral strategies and communication strategies, that's going to be how you'll find the best plan of action moving forwards and the best progress for those kids. Wonderful. Jackie, it's been a pleasure talking about this experience and we'll probably touch base again because you're only one month in. We'll see how those conversations went um, in a couple of months' time. So there'll be a part two to this series. Listeners, thank you very much. And as always, uh, keep listening in for more podcasts from the Body Track Academy. Thanks, Jackie. Thanks, Dan. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed this podcast. So remember to share, like, or follow to keep updated with all our podcasts and educational resources.